I, your humble but exceptionally well-informed host, believe that the Roth IRA is the better default for just about everybody in the absence of all other considerations. But the great one, Attorney Tim Berry, tells me that he thinks the traditional is a much better default for most people. We'll find out why he thinks that and how he can have the audacity to disagree with yours truly. <laughs> I'm Brian Ellis. Let's look into it right now. It's time. He's here. Now, broadcasting from SDI Central Command, in the depths of his hidden compound, located far from the rot of Wall Street and Washington, we've again established contact with our leader, Brian Ellis. Hey, 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 welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brian Ellis. This is our final segment together today, ladies and gentlemen. The time has flown. My, my, my. If you have any questions, the way to get those questions to me is to send an email to feedback at selfdirected.org. Feedback at selfdirected.org. And we're going to return to and hopefully finish up part of this conversation with the great one, Mr. Tim Berry, about the traditional versus the Roth IRA, and where that distinction is concerned, to my simple-minded way of thinking, man, you go with the Roth, but you you think that kind of the opposite way is a better default, don't you? You know, Brian, there's no black and white for most people. There's just ways of looking at things and then making a determination based upon your best guess of the future. Uh, as a general rule, though, I would err on the side of going with a traditional as opposed to a Roth. And that's because you think there are generally ways to structure your affairs to minimize your taxes in the future. Is that a correct assumption? Correct assumption. And here's another really big assumption. In all the surveys, all the polls about retirement plans and IRAs, Whenever people get over 65 years old, most of them have arranged their affairs so that they don't need their IRAs. And whenever I say most of them, most of the people who have money, uh, the people who are living on Social Security, they never need every penny they can get. But those people who have assets, whenever they get to age 65, whenever you survey them about their intentions with their IRA, they never want to touch it. Yeah. And they see that as just a fund to pass on to the next generation. Well, there's ways that you can pass on those funds to the next generation in a very tax-favorable manner. So uh, once again, we get to the point of, yeah, if you're not worried about your own tax situation, this is for the grandkids. And if the grandkids are going to be receiving this money, eh, you know, maybe it makes sense to keep it traditional because they're not in too high of a tax bracket. Who knows? So uh, I, I'm, I'm going to try to shoot some uh shoot some holes in in that argument whenever we get to the 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 part where we talk about some some of the other distinctions between Roths and traditional accounts and i keep saying uh, iras but the same rules uh for roth versus traditional apply to 401k's as to iras is that correct yes as a general rule yes okay so i can't help it brain i've always got to put those little caveats on everything <laughs> yeah, i am yeah. who i am yeah, don't yeah. judge me <laughs> All right, so here's the reality, though. We keep saying, uh, you know, you, you should uh, choose X, Y, or Z just as a as a default. But the reality is, there are some some standards. Like, just not everybody can have either type of account. So let's talk about eligibility 
who can have which types of account. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that, Tim. Who can have a traditional IRA? Anybody who's got earned income, who has a W-2 income, wage income, and or self-employment income, they can establish an IRA. Okay. And Roths, who can have a Roth? Uh, anybody can have a Roth, but making new contributions to a Roth, if you're fortunate enough to be making over 100000 a year, the government is nice enough to say you're not allowed to make contributions hmm. into a Roth. All right. So anybody can own an account, maybe if they had one in the past and contributed to it or uh, maybe inherited it, but they can only contribute to a Roth if they make below, what would you say, is it a hundred grand a year, roughly? Yeah, I think it's, it's right around a hundred a year. It's indexed for inflation and I don't track it, but right around a hundred a year. All right. So what is the fancy kind of back doorway that even people who make more money than than that limit can still have a Roth? You know, you get these CPAs and attorneys who uh, put the nasty titles on things, and they and there's a lot of them are saying that this is you're not allowed to do it. But I think all that talk is stupid because if the tax code says you can do it, you can do it. And this is what the tax code says you can do. Uh, they have income limitations for brand new contributions to a Roth, but if you want to convert some of your traditional IRA, they took off those income limitations a few years back. So what you could do is make your contribution to your traditional IRA, and then the very next day, roll it over, convert it to a Roth IRA. So that's a way that you can make $500 million a year in income and still make fresh contributions to a Roth IRA. Wait a minute. So I make too much money to qualify for a Roth. So what I do instead is I deposit my money into a traditional IRA, and then the next day convert it to a Roth. And that's kosher under the law. Uh, that's kosher under the law because you couldn't do that. Gosh, I forget how many years back uh, they changed it, but they changed the laws to specifically allow for that. And yet there's still some people out there saying, well, gosh, that just seems wrong to me. It seems wrong. They changed the laws to allow it. I'm going to take it. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So really, as a practical matter, then there, as a purely practical matter right now, there really isn't a a limitation in terms of who can have a, a Roth IRA in terms of income, at least. Is that correct? Yeah. Income limitations are meaningless for Roth IRAs right now for anybody with a brain uh, There's and anybody with an advisor with a brain. But uh, if you can't think very much or your advisor is, you know, one of those uh, poo-poors, then <laughs> it's not going to work for you. Got it. Are there any other eligibility issues for either of those accounts other than, than income and earned in, uh, income limitations for the Roth and earned income. I can't think of any other limitations right now. No. Okay, cool. Hey, Tim, look, we are just about out of time here and ladies and gentlemen. So what I'm going to ask you to do is come back and join us again soon. And let's finish this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, you can get everything that we have discussed here today by visiting selfdirected.org slash two, five, six. This is episode number two fifty six. Go to selfdirected.org slash 256 and catch up on everything we discussed today. In the meantime, invest wisely today and live well forever.